light of infinite. Radiant is the world's soul, full of splendor and beauty, full of life, of souls hidden, of treasures, of the Holy Spirit, of fountains of strength, of greatness and beauty. Proudly I ascend toward the heights of the world's soul that gives life to the universe. How majestic the vision. Come, enjoy. Come, find peace, embrace delight. Taste and see that God is good. Why spend your substance on what does not nourish and your labor on what cannot satisfy? Listen to me and you will enjoy what is good and find delight in what is truly precious. These poetic words are from the notebook of Rav Cook. This week's Parashat Tzav continues discussing the intricacies of the temple sacrifices and touches on chametz, leavened bread. It's the parashah before Pesach, before Passover. Some years it's read on the Shabbat just prior to Pesach, and other years we read it right after Purim, a few weeks prior to Pesach. Learning the parashah, we can draw connections between the weekly portion from Leviticus and the larger Jewish story of moving from spiritual constriction into spiritual redemption, from suffolk, doubt, into salvation. So when Tzav falls out such that we have a few weeks before Pesach to get into the mindset of redemption, I see that as a blessing. As Rav Cook so eloquently asks us all, find delight in what is truly precious. My dad was a rabbi, a chaplain in the Navy, so we celebrated Pesach all over the world, including Japan and Italy. Whenever possible, he would invite military personnel to the Seder, as well as friends and family. My dad grew up in a kosher home and attended services, but was not fully observant until he started studying in yeshiva during his second year in Jerusalem. He also met my mom and her Yemenite family at that time and took on some of their customs. Not the thick, soft Yemenite matzah that looks like a pita or the kitniot Hebrew for legumes, but he would allow kitniot at the table to show that it's kosher and part of the tradition to some, even though he personally didn't eat it. In college and later when I moved to Crown Heights with my ex-wife, I was exposed to Chabad's Pesach customs through her family. To them, it's important not to eat any kabrachts, which is Yiddish for matzah that has come into contact with water during the seven days of Pesach. So I'd have to sneakily dip my matzah into the chicken soup bowl because that was always one of my favorite things to do. Incidentally, my mom's Yemenite tradition is to wrap the matzah in a wet cloth and always eat it wet and soft. It's only recently that I really began to delve into the meaning of Pesach. I realized that the Seder is not just a historical retelling of the Jews' exodus from Egypt, but an actual manifestation, an opportunity for each of us to leave our own Egypt. Through this ritual, we're meant to free ourselves, to burn the chametz that holds us back from seeing and living in full truth, Emet, from being fully connected to the infinite light, the Or HaKadosh. It's written in the Zohar, God does not dwell in a fragmented place. In his notebook, Rav Cook also writes, The reality of Hashem's providence is discernible when the world is seen in its totality. The divine presence is not manifest in anything defective, since Hashem does not abide where there is deficiency. How can Hashem abide where everything is lacking, where all we have is the weak and puny entity, only the particularity of the ego? This call to be committed always to the principle of universality, to the divine ensemble, where all things have their being, is the essence of the soul of the righteous, who walk before Hashem and whose delight is in the divine. We must remember through the story of our enslavement that we too were once slaves, and that as Dr. Martin Luther King reminds us, no one is free until we are all free. Redemption is when the light of universality shines. It's our task to usher in that revelation, this starts within our own sanctuaries and shines out from there, nullifying the ego so the screens of separation between us all begin to fall. Indeed, the Alter Rebbe teaches in the Tanya that the basis and root purpose of the entire Torah is to elevate and exalt the soul high above the body, to God, 
to the source and root of all worlds and to draw down the Ain Sof, the infinite light. And only when we place primary importance of our soul over our bodies can the walls that separate us come down and be replaced with love and unification. Since it's our bodies that separate us from each other, while the soul binds us. When we focus on the body, the separation between us become apparent, and only the love we create can bind us. But a created love can never equal a natural and innate love. So love between people whose primary importance is focused on the physical, on the body over the soul, is based on external factors, and endures only as long as those factors remain in play. Only when we shift our focus toward the soul over the body, of oneness over self, of the unifying and infinite light, of the creator of all creations over the differences of the elements of creation, can infinite love exist in its purest state. In this week's parasha, Hashem provides the instructions for the priestly meal offering, sacrifices that did not involve animals. Moses is told that the meal offering shall not be baked, leaven, lo I've presented it as their share from my offerings. In Exodus, when Hashem gives the commandments of Pesach, it's written, no leaven, chametz, shall be found in your house for seven days. For whoever eats what is chametz, that person shall be cut off from the community of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a citizen of the country. Chametz literally means leavening, which causes bread to rise. Chazal, our sages, teach us that this chametz represents arrogance and evil inclination, the Yitzhar Hara. In Talmud Bracha, the Yitzhar Hara is depicted as the yeast in the dough, puffing up a person's pride. The Talmud explains that the portion of the meal offering eaten by the priest, Kohen, is not allowed to be offered on the altar at Mizbeach. A priest is dependent on divine gifts for their bread, so that it cannot succumb to haughtiness or arrogance. But the regular person has to work for their bread with the sweat of their brow after Adam's sin. The more wealth they accumulate, the more evil inclination manifests in the form of ego, haughtiness, and arrogance. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov talks about Tavat Mamon, the lust for money, explaining that it's most apparent in a person who makes it his life's mission to amass greater wealth. Lacking emunah, faith in Hashem, he instead puts his trust, bitachon, in money, mistakenly believing that the more he has, the more secure and fulfilling his life will be, and that he is in complete control of his destiny. As you may know, Jews are prohibited from consuming chametz on the seven days of Pesach, but we are also obligated to search our homes in preparation for the holiday, collecting any leftover scraps and crumbs of chametz that might be hidden and then to ritually burn them before Pesach begins. This process is called biur. This ritual primes us to spend Pesach ridding ourselves of our spiritual chametz, our arrogance and pride. It's important to face ourselves honestly as we do this, and like the practice of biur, there comes a time to let our egos burn, to not let them hold us back any longer, so that we can strengthen our emunah, our faith, and connect to something higher than ourselves. The Hiratzon that we recite after the burning of the chametz reads, Just as I have eliminated the chametz from my house and from all I possess, may it be desirable before you, the one who brings being into being, God to me and God to my fathers, to rid me of the evil inclination. May I be privileged enough to have that urge burnt from the depths of my heart until it is no more than smoke. And so too, may you, like the very wind of destruction, rid by fire all wickedness from the land. Incidentally, the search, the bidikat chametz, may not be done by sunlight or moonlight. It's only valid by the light of a candle. It's the same with the search within our own Yitzhahara. It can only be done with the light of the neshama, the soul, which is called ner, candle. It says in Proverbs, the candle of Hashem is the soul of man, which searches the chambers of one's inner being. Matzah, the central symbol of Pesach, is the antithesis of chametz. It's known as lechem oni, the bread of poverty and affliction. 
Matzah signifies humility that comes with poverty. And so the mitzvah, the obligation to eat matzah, can only truly be fulfilled if it's eaten with humility. The matzah that the Israelites ate in Egypt was lechamoni, and so too, the matzah that we eat on Pesach reminds us to be humble, to be bitulayesh, to negate and nullify all traces of ego and self-centeredness, to transcend the illusion of self. It's no coincidence that matzah and chametz are both composed of the same letters. The only difference is that matzah is spelled with a he and chametz with a chet. We see that the letter chet is completely closed from three sides, symbolizing that sin crouches at the entrance, while the letter he has an opening on top, which means there's always an opening above, indicating the possibility to return to the light. As our sages say, open for me as little as the eye of a needle, and I will open for you like the entrance of a hall. Rabbi Nachman teaches that each and every person, even the most wicked, must find the good point in themselves, and that one point, however small, can bring them to merit in goodness itself. As we see in Talmud Kedushin, just one single thought of self-improvement can change someone from a wicked person into a righteous person. In the famous four questions that we recite as part of the Pesach Haggadah, we ask, if on all other nights we are allowed to eat chametz and matzah, why during this time do we only eat matzah? Later in the Haggadah, we're given the answer, because the dough of our fathers did not have time to become leaven before the king of the king of kings, the holy one, blessed be he, revealed himself to them and redeemed them. Here we see that matzah is a form of heavenly bread. At this time, we partake from his bread at his table, as we relive the story of Exodus, of our redemption from restriction and concealment in Egypt to revelation and freedom through Hashem's light. We all know the story of Adam eating from the forbidden fruit of the tree of knowledge, Eitzadah. The gematria, the sum of the numerical value of the letters of Chametz and Seor, leavening, is 639, the same gematria of Eitzadah. So on a mystical level, the fruit that Adam was restricted from eating was leavened bread. This was humanity's first taste of godlessness and the birth of our impaired awareness and evil inclination. Matzah, in contrast, is the unleavened bread that symbolizes the perfection and redemption of Da, using our knowledge and awareness to remember and honor that Hashem is all. As it's written in the Kutei Maran, we reach Hashem only with intimate knowledge, with experience, with heart, and with emotion. During Pesach, we retell the story of Egypt to relive it as if we too are being freed and to remember that we too were once strangers in a strange land. And though we retell the story of our enslavement, we also remember the importance of not enslaving the stranger, the other, and perhaps most importantly, not becoming enslaved to ourselves and to our illusory identities. As it's written, do not hate an Edomite because he is your brother. Do not hate an Egyptian because you are a stranger in his land. This verse emphasizes that we should not even hate our enemy, even those that enslaved us, because the only way to be truly free is to be free from hate. As Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs says, if they continued to hate their erstwhile enemies, Moses would have taken the Israelites out of Egypt, but he would have not taken Egypt out of the Israelites. Mentally, they would still be there, slaves to the past. They would still be in chains, not of metal, but of the mind. And chains of the mind are the most constricting of all. The French dramatist Jean Inouye wrote, tragedy is clean, it is restful, it is flawless. In a tragedy, nothing is in doubt, and everyone's destiny is known. That makes for tranquility. Tragedy is restful, and the reason is that hope, that foul, deceitful thing, has no part in it. There isn't any hope. Pesach celebrates the Jews leaving their tragic circumstance in Egypt and the hope that redemption and salvation brought into the Promised Land. We end the Haggadah in hope, in prayer, in unison with the words, next year in Jerusalem. As Yishai Yubo in his song, The Shuv Habayta, sings, the time has come to wake up, to leave everything, to overcome, and to return home. In this parasha, we read about the Thanksgiving offering. Thanksgiving signifies awareness, gratitude, action, and appreciation. A 
potent mixture that creates love and redemption. We read that in the future, all the sacrifices will be suspended except the thanksgiving offering. This is the time of redemption, when there will be no sin, only thanks to Hashem, as all will be forgiven. Rabbi Nachman speaks about that time, teaching that we will draw even closer to Hashem. And as we do, our understanding of Hashem will increase, increasing our desire for thanksgiving. The opposite is true in this time, when we can give thanks to Hashem before redemption, thereby drawing ourselves closer to Him. As it's written, all sacrifices will be annulled, but the sacrifice of thanksgiving will not be annulled. All prayers will be annulled, but the prayer of gratitude will not be annulled. As King David sings, I owe you vows and will offer you thanksgivings. Notice that it's written thanksgivings and not thanksgiving, indicating both the thanksgiving prayer and the prayer of gratitude. Rab Natan of Breslov teaches that the thanksgiving offering symbolizes the union of opposites, as it was brought with both matzah and chametz, showing us that we too should try and join these opposites together to create true thanksgiving. As we know on Pesach, we only eat matzah, and on Shavuot, we bring the thanksgiving loaves, two loaves of bread, as an offering to the Beit HaMikdash, the Holy Temple. These opposite holidays are linked through the parasha, which details the Thanksgiving offering and is read before Pesach to remind us that the goal of the Exodus of Pesach was to receive the Torah on Shavuot. It's Shavuot, which is the 50th day of the Count of the Omer from Pesach, that correlates to the 50th Gate of Wisdom. Kabbalistically, the 50th Gate of Wisdom is connected to Malchut kingship, which is in the 10 Sfirot emanations is the vessel that manifests the light of Keter, crown. God's infinite light originates at a level that is beyond this world, physically inaccessible to us, but it's filtered down through the Sfirot until it reaches the Malchut, out of which it shines into us in our finite world. Rabbi Nachman teaches that the 49 gates leading up to the 50th gate correspond to the 49 letters that make up the name of the 12 tribes of Israel. Each tribe therefore has individual gates for its members, so everyone can return to Hashem through their own personalized pathway. Shavuot, receiving the Torah, is the 50th and highest gate, the full teshuvah, the complete return to Hashem. Rabbi Nachman always stressed the power of saying Tehillim, Psalms, in order to perform teshuvah. And these 49 days between Pesach and Shavuot are the most powerful time to recite Tehillim and return to Hashem. These days leading up to Pesach are a chance for us to get into the mindset of bitul, of self-nullification, perspective shifting to thanks and gratitude, and to a space of teshuvah, of return. As physical creatures, we can't fully defeat the forces of fate, but our souls, the parts of us that are infinite, can connect beyond the finite world. When we choose to burn our chametz, the false sustenance and pride and devotion to material gain, and give thanks, we can surpass our limitations and connect to the true and everlasting freedom that can only be found in the light of the infinite. Dive in deeper at lightofinfinite.com.